Gentlemen, it's seven o'clock on a Saturday night, which means it's time for the other podcast. I'm your host, Robert Stacy McCain. And I'm not hello, folks. The other guy on the other podcast, and I hear in the background all the way from Valdosta, Georgia, <laughs> to join John Hogue and Stacy McCain, Diana Dealey. How are you, young? Hey, hi, how are you? I got scared. I was having horrible time connecting. So you appear to be connected now, so that's going to work. At least let's pretend that it is. Stacy, by the way, blogs at theothermccain.com. And you can find my good friend John Hogue's work at his blog, hogwash.com. Whereas Diana blogs very infrequently, but when she does, it's worth reading. So you should check out her website. Yes. Ah, yes. yes. Well, how are, how are things down in Valdosta well, um, you know, we had homecoming last week, and because of rain, we had to cancel the parade. So that got a little, people felt pretty bad about that. So um, instead, we had some sort of celebration this week, and um, we could hear all sorts of music and all sorts of announcements going on all day long. Well, so evidently, yeah. homecoming they- was postponed. Okay, were they marching down Barack Obama Boulevard in Valdosta? They wouldn't ever do that. For one thing, it's only two lanes wide. And besides which, it's known as Bob. (laughs) The Bob. Okay, well. It's the Bob. Yeah, well, uh, speaking of Georgia. Yes, they are uh, beating UT, bless their hearts. Yeah, the the number one ranked Georgia Bulldogs, uh, (laughs) uh, with seven minutes to go in the fourth quarter, lead the University of Tennessee Oops. at Knoxville, uh, 41 to 10. So it looks like uh, Georgia is going to uh, hang on to their number one spot. Meanwhile, in the important game of the evening, oh. which we will, of course, lose, Vanderbilt <laughs> will be uh, playing Kentucky to kicking off momentarily. Uh, by oh, the way, dear. the odds are 17 to 1 against Vanderbilt. Yeah. I'm yeah. sorry. Well, you're awfully close to your microphone, and it is really getting some breath noise, Diana. Oh, well, anyway, anyway, uh, the number two ranked team in the country, uh, Alabama, uh, struggled mightily uh, to hold off a challenge from New Mexico State. 59 to 3. I believe that was homecoming in Tuscaloosa. One of my mentors in engineering is a, a. Alum was an alum of that school back when it was New Mexico A and M, or as he referred to it, Cal College. <laughs> okay, well, um, uh, number three Oregon plays late tonight against uh, Washington State. 
Uh, let's see. Let's go down the uh, rest of the uh, uh, top 25. Uh, number four, Ohio State leads Purdue 59-31 to in the fourth quarter. Also in the fourth quarter, number 20, Iowa is leading Minnesota. Uh, but that – Minnesota still got a chance. There's 25 seconds left, and Minnesota has the ball – uh, near midfield, so that that might uh, turn around. Um, uh, also in the fourth quarter, number seven, Michigan State uh, leads Maryland forty to twenty-one. No surprise uh, let's there. Let's see. Uh, final score: Michigan, number six, ranked Michigan twenty-one, Penn State seventeen. That was a very close one. Uh, it was very close for a while. Um, Baylor. Number 13 ranked Baylor upset number eight ranked uh, Oklahoma 27 to 14. Uh, Mississippi State uh, defeated uh, 17th ranked Auburn. Yay. 43 to 34. You know, I, I, I had a conversation with my brother. You know, we are Tide fans in this family. I had a conversation with my brother about this, and I said, you know, I don't know if it's good for Auburn to lose because that'll just make them more fired up when they play Alabama. And he said, no, it's always good when Auburn loses. So, you know, I'll grant <laughs> that. Uh, also, earlier today, the University of Tennis, uh, Texas at San Antonio, ranked number 23 now, the Roadrunners, I believe they're called, uh, beat Southern Miss 27 to 17. Beat me. Yeah, yeah, me, me, uh, 24. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I think uh, uh, an anvil fall, <laughs> fell on Wiley Coyote's uh, head during that game. But, anyways, and number 24 ranked Utah uh, defeated Arizona 38 to 29. So, that's your scoreboard from the world of college football. We need to get, by the way, uh, we need to get that. Uh, wide world of sports theme or something you know some, <laughs> do, you, do you remember uh do you remember yes. the song confidence that used to be i think it was uh nbc or abc's um uh nfl coverage was played by that Whatever. that was the theme music for that okay. anyways i i played that in high school in the marching band and so are you sure that's not the air force hymn you know up we no, go no, into no. the wild blue yonder no no, I, no it's my humming maybe but less than oh. tuned no i can tell you that was not the uh, dun, 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 okay dun, 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 no. oh that that okay no 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 as right. as, as as someone who is a bandmaster of an army band, I can tell you that is not up in the air, Junior Bergman, or any of the other Air Force songs. Okay. Uh, okay. Anyways. Meanwhile, though, back in the deep, dark past, let's uh, talk about some real history. Uh, we ah. had stuff this week. I was 13 years old when the Berlin mm -hmm. Wall started to go up. And it went. it started coming down 32 weeks ago. I mean, 32 years 32 ago. Years this week, ago. 32 years ago this uh, mm -hmm. week, uh, which means that it has now been down longer than it's been up. Mm -hmm. Now, I have a thing that I do periodically just to remind everybody. 
think about the Kaiser's resi- the Kaiser's abdication. Add in uh, the beer hall putsch. Add in Kristallnacht, and then throw in the fall of the Berlin Wall, and look at the dates. Yeah. Oh, really? Yes. Yeah, German twentieth century history. November November was a hard month for, <laughs> for by November eighth and ninth. Yeah. Yeah. The, <laughs> it's uh, really strange. You yeah. know. Uh, by the way, when 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 the Berlin Wall came down. Mm-hmm. I remember watching it on a little TV. We had a little A-frame house mm-hmm. in um, um, in uh, Calhoun, Georgia. Mm-hmm. And my oldest daughter, who's now 32, was sitting on my lap. And I remember getting out my notebook and writing down, you, you will never know what this meant. How many prayers mm-hmm. were answered by well, the fall of the Berlin Wall? Well, but you mm-hmm. see, my po- I did a really brief blog post about this, but that image of the wall oh, yeah. is a foundational image of my worldview and the difference between uh, one uh, way to live and another. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, but, you know, stuff like that goes away eventually. Um, mm-hmm. And people forget. And in the long, in the people long, people have forgotten. Well, but in the long run, things like communism don't work. I mean, you know, the no, classic, the, cla- the classic ex- ex- explanation is Margaret Thatcher's. Eventually, they run out of other people's Pe- money. People's <laughs> uh, but speaking of running out of other people's stuff, uh, the president's and vice president's poll numbers are collapsing or so <laughs> i i read from time to time on the other hand you know i kind of commented on the whole thing from the way it might look from uh, some of my friends was, oh no 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 not at all i i i just think the um their appeal is becoming more selective <laughs> <laughs> that was Nigel Tufnell's, I believe. Uh, oh, that, no, that was Ian Faith. Ian Faith from yes, yes uh, from the, uh, the the band's manager. Yeah, yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the Nigel Tufnell's line uh, that everyone remembers is: "These, these go, go to up, eleven. These yes. go up to eleven. Yes, yes actually." Yeah. I have a bunch of favorite moments from that movie, but the Stonehenge scene lives in my memory as probably the classic. Uh, yeah. By well, the way, uh, by the way, I, well, I I wonder if you have to be you have to be of a certain age, I think, to appreciate uh, what they were making fun of. Uh, true. In in. Um, this is Spinal Tap because mm-hmm. because that movie came out. What year did that? Eighty four. Eighty four. But mm-hmm. but you see, back in the seventies, okay, in the seventies, oh, right? You mm-hmm. had so many, uh, you know, this prog rock thing. You know, How the do you thing adjust for vomit. Yes, Genesis. <laughs> yes, so on and, and so Genesis forth. And, and and Rick Wakeman and yeah. all that stuff. And I remember being when I was like. 14, 15 years old. That was the, that was, go ahead. Yeah, but see, when I was 14 or 15 years old, and also I'm about the age of Harry Shearer uh, and some of the other guys in that band, when I was 14, 15 years old, it was Folkies. And they later oh, went yeah. to that. Yes. Yeah, so, well, uh, no, the, the folksmen of the same three guys, they do the opening act for Spinal Tap. 
Mm-hmm. Right. Well, <laughs> they're their own opening act. Anyway, yes. uh, but but anyway, the the tropes that they were making fun of, and this was one of those <laughs> bands, and you know, they go through the history of the band, which which followed every fad, right? And then you could see a lot of the yard birds and the kind of involved in Mm -hmm. this. But anyways, but this, but they had followed every trend and then they Mm -hmm. get to the eighties and they're trying to make a comeback. Right. (laughs) And, 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 and the figure of Ian faith sort of reminds me a little, it was, it was Bob, it was it, is it Bob Grant who was the the manager of yep. um, manager of Led Zeppelin? Led <laughs> Zeppelin, because that's that's who that guy is. But uh, you Peter see, Grant. I'm sorry, but you see, we're remembering this from our various points of view. Mine, uh-huh. I'm uh, 13 years older than you, so you know it's uh-huh. like I, I've got a, a different spin on it. But the thing is, is that okay? I'm James Carville's age, and yep. look at the problems he has communicating with uh, people who are <laughs> under thirty. Yeah, 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 yeah. Y'all, y'all need to wake up. Y'all need to wake up. Drop all this woke nonsense. Uh, you know, I and, and by the way, I can really relate in a lot of ways. This sounds strange. I I relate to James Carville because mm-hmm. I was the kind of Democrat he is, okay? He mm-hmm. is not an ideologue, right? He is nope. about winning elections. And and my thing, you have to understand, born and raised a yellow dog Democrat, okay? Mm-hmm. Partisan loyalty was bred into my bones. And, <laughs> and, and, and my big beef about, you know, the, the Democrats of the 1980s were they kept, losing elections, you know, because, because I mean, you know, I didn't even vote. Okay. In 1984, I voted for Mondale. Okay. But in 1988, I didn't bother to vote at all because what the hell is the point of voting for uh, Mike Dukakis in Georgia? Okay. That was not even, there was no way you're going to, you know, and it's like, you know, why, what was the point of voting for him in Massachusetts? Well, but, but, but the point is, <laughs> is that they were out of touch. And I and I remember complaining, why can't, and when Bill Clinton came along, I said, now finally, here is somebody that makes sense. Okay, he would, if, if you were like me, where you wanted to hear, you know, you wanted to see finally the Democrats win election, you know, but almost as soon as he got inaugurated, he began to alienate me. You know, all mm-hmm. the moderate, what we called Sam Nunn Democrats, you guys are mm-hmm. old enough to remember, Sam oh, yeah. Nunn was a senator from Georgia, and his main yes. thing was to make sure that those defense contracts kept coming to Lockheed, oh, and, yeah. that the, and that the <laughs> military bases in Georgia were, you know, it's, it, I mean, you know, the, the military industrial complex has mm-hmm. been very, very good to me. I'll just put it to you that mm-hmm. way. My old man worked for Lockheed uh, in Marietta. And, and so, there's Fort Gordon on one side of the state mm-hmm. and, uh, Fort and Benning Fort on the, Benning on the, the other. other. It and is. There was Fort McPherson in Atlanta for years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there, there's, uh, there's also Warner. Uh, Warner there's Robbins Warner Robbins and there's Moody down here. 
Yeah, yeah. So, so the military back in the day when Georgia didn't have much of anything except cotton and poverty, okay, mm. those military bases were good jobs, man. That that mm-hmm. meant business for uh, Georgia, and and so so we cared about the military in a way that I don't think anyone in Massachusetts could ever relate to. Okay. And so not, not, not since the second world war. No. Right. And Sam Nunn, Sam Nunn, you know, it it was like, we didn't care about no social issues. Okay. We, we we were, yeah, I mean, we didn't, it was just like noise to me, but then, but then Bill Clinton gets in there and just does the, it's like as uh it was, um, Ann Coulter said, he promised us a cabinet that looked like America and gave us a cabinet that looked like the Dukakis campaign headquarters. <laughs> well, anyways, that's my rant. Well, anyways, well, 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 James Carville. It's a good, yeah, it's a good uh, rant. But J- Carville is, 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 is yeah, having a, a nice little um exchange these days yeah he's got all the right enemies i'll put it this way you know and by the way just by the way where's the epping gratitude from alexandria ocasio cortez by the way i just want to point out that it was james carville who sounded the alarm you remember this you know in 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 early uh 2020 Mm -hmm. James Carbell was the guy on MSNBC. I remember him going on Morning Joe and just blowing up uh, about, we can't nominate this crazy socialist from Vermont. What are you talking about? And we, and, you know, and he made South Carolina the big stand, you know, but him and James Clyburn uh, basically saved Biden's campaign. Well, that's because Clyburn's a racist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, the point being that, if it hadn't been for James Carville, Trump would have been running against Bernie Sanders. Like I said, <laughs> so, you know, obviously they're racists, aren't they? Yeah. Well, anyways, so the point is. People are not remembering where that Congress, never mind. <laughs> the point. The point is that Carville is what, and we're living in that bizarre hell world where James Carville is the voice of common sense. Okay, Uh, but anyway, actually, he always was. I mean, look at his explanation of of of, uh, SEC basketball. Mm. How many black players does an did an SEC team play in the seventies? Three at home, four on the road, and five when they're behind. (laughs) <laughs> oh, James that's James Carville's explanation of, uh, you know, of, of, of how that works. Right? <laughs> okay. And, but you see, and, and so, you know, people try to take Carville with big racist for that. And no, he's just looking at, you know, what the internal politics of the schools are. Anyways, um, uh, so he went on a rant last weekend uh, saying that stupid wokeness cost the Democrats in the uh, this year's off-year elections. He says, what went wrong is just stupid wokeness. Don't just look at Virginia and New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Look at Long Island. Look at Buffalo. Look at Minneapolis. Even look at Seattle, Washington. Oh, yeah. I mean, this defund the police lunacy, this take Abraham Lincoln's name off schools. I mean that. 
people see that? I'm mm -hmm. quoting him there. Well, anyways, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. I think you mean occasional cortex. Occasional cortex. Both right. of us uh, like that one. <laughs> blew up on Twitter and she said, like the average audience for people seriously using the word woke in a 2021 political discussion <laughs> are James Carville and Fox News pundits. So that should tell you all you need to know. And before people disingenuously complain, Woke is denigrating to older people. It's actually pundits like Carville using terms like woke to insult voters under 45. That's denigrating. Don't wonder why youth turnout fails when Dems talk about them like this. Anyway, since you went on and on, <laughs> basically, James Carville is now a white supremacist or whatever. Oh, for God's sake. You know, and, and it's just like, it, you know, and I'm like, Stacy, it's all racism and white. It's people. all racism. And, yeah, and, is and that enough face? And as I said, <laughs> that what they're talking about is that uh, when when they start talking this way, you can tell that their enemy, the people mm -hmm. they are organized, the Democratic Party now, is organized on a single principle: the hatred of white people with jobs okay <laughs> that's who they're against that's who republicans are white people with real jobs okay and 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 they're just they're just and and i'm like this is going to be their 2022 campaign well thing. it's not so much real, <laughs> real jobs are part of it but people with real thought processes that allow them to be independent and of course if you've got a job that helps with the economic aspect of that or or if your mm -hmm. uh, family has enough, enough uh, employment. But speaking of but racism. Racism. yes, you and, and white privilege. Right. Uh, <laughs> the um, uh, Glenn Reynolds highlighted uh, a story about uh, a local girl. Uh, who's, uh, uh, local as in we should explain means Knoxville. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Glenn Reynolds is a professor at UT Knoxville who blogs at Instapundit, by the way. He's like the uh, mm -hmm. uh, uh, the blog father, we call him. Yes. Uh, uh, Glenn lives actually in a, a little town adjacent to Knoxville called Maryville. But yeah. It, I've been there. It, yeah. I've had barbecue with him there. I, I, <laughs> I, I, I know the place well. It's right off there, right off of... Uh, I said seventy five or forty. Seventy five. Yeah, it's yeah, it's a right off I seventy five. But anyways, Good yeah. Heavens. I stopped in to I've stopped in to have barbecue with him a time or two. But anyways, um, he called attention to a story about Paige Clark, who is mm. Miss Knoxville. Okay, and she told this story. She told this story about how she was working as a dancer. And and I think, well, oh, she's working as a no, no, she's clogging at <laughs> uh, at mi musical theaters in Pigeon Forge. If you Pigeon Forge, I know where Pigeon Forge is. My, right, I the, have. It's near the intersection of I eighty one and I forty. It is mm -hmm. Dollywood. It's it's mm -hmm. Dolly Parton's hometown, and there's a lot of tourism there. And there's lots of theme parks and other things uh, in the general area between Knoxville and Gatlinburg, 
and uh, the it peaks at Pigeon Forge. Yeah, Pigeon Forge mm-hmm. is 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 kind of like a. Um, I don't know. It's the Las Vegas for rednecks or whatever. Anyway, <laughs> anyways, but I, I've been there many times. They've got a nice fireworks store there, by the way. But anyway, <laughs> uh, she was featured in a local uh, TV story and she talked about how she, when she was 19 years old, she was commuting between Knoxville and Pigeon Forge dancing mm-hmm. 60 hours a week, if you can imagine mm-hmm. that, uh, to in order to pay her grandmother's mortgage. Mm-hmm. Okay. And why was she doing this? Because no one else in my family, I'm quoting her, could get a loan to help her out. My parents, they have their own bills. My aunts and uncles also do too. There were weeks when I'd put in 60 plus hours into performing while also going to school and doing clinicals. She was studying nursing. Yes. Mm-hmm. And by the way, if you, if my daughter-in-law is a nurse. Okay. Mm-hmm. And those clinicals, oh my God. You yeah. know, and, and you have to be very smart. And you, you don't understand uh, nursing, biochemistry, that some of the mm-hmm. courses they have to take. Yes, a registered mm-hmm. nurse is a very uh, well-trained person. Yeah, she she yep. has a, yeah, t- I mean, you had to be uh, pretty doggone. She was living out of her car, okay, in order to help her grandmother because mm-hmm. no one else, you see, in her family could do this. And every time you hear these woke people, and I'm sorry, I, my apologies in advance if I have triggered Alexandria <laughs> Ocasio-Cortez with that word, but these woke people get up talking about white privilege. They got no idea how hard some people work. Well, if you're on a university campus somewhere, right, you know, these students and professors talking about white privilege, well, yeah, maybe where you're at in Harvard or Stanford mm-hmm. or someplace like that, maybe everybody's privileged, okay? Uh-huh. But we know people who are not privileged, okay? There's yep. no, you know, the idea of white privilege is so, just so, if you look at the way they have to live, it's very mm-hmm. hard. This, no, what socioeconomic strata do you come from? Where if your grandmother can't make her mortgage, nobody in your family can help her out except you, mm-hmm. a 19-year-old. That tells me a lot about you know the kind of background she comes from. Because if my grandmother had ever needed anything, I mean, I mean, there were plenty of people to help her, mm-hmm. you know, and in a position to help. I don't think you understand the depth of poverty that can occur in that part of Tennessee. There are, no, there are still rural areas in Tennessee Mm -hmm. that are recovering from what Sherman did to them (laughs) in 1863. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, you know, it is, and there are families that just literally, you know, five, six generations, and they're still scarred by those sorts of things. Well, mm-hmm. yeah, that's white privilege, I guess. Yeah, yeah, it, <laughs> yeah. It, it's, but but see, this this is one of those ideas that began right in academia 
and simply cannot uh, uh, withstand its contact with reality. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, that's just the way things go. But uh, uh, speaking of poverty, it's yes, about the middle of the show. Yeah, isn't well, it? we're about oh. to. We're a couple of minutes early, but why don't you talk about it since you're thinking? <laughs> well, about- well, well, the, well, the the way out of poverty, folks, is <laughs> capitalism, and we are we are shamelessly advocating capitalism on this show. What what is your phone doing over there? Uh, Aaron Walker is trying to call me. Okay, does does he, <sighs> he know, know you're he, in yes, the middle of a podcast? He, he should know what time it is, and he okay. knows when the podcast is. <laughs> okay, well, anyway. He didn't leave a voicemail, so he must have just figured it out. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> right. I, uh, okay, pardon the interruption, but... Uh, meanwhile, back at the blog. By the way, Aaron's back on Twitter, folks. Yes, yes. Aaron got uh, blocked from Twitter for a while, and then they apologized. Uh, two and, weeks. Yeah, two weeks suspension, and then they put Good him heavens. Back. And, of course, I'm sure it had nothing to do with the Rittenhouse trial or the Virginia. <sighs> yeah, and him being, uh, as he is, a, 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 a Yale-educated lawyer. Who comments on those things. Yes, yes. He, he specializes in such things. Well, anyways. Meanwhile, meanwhile, uh, back uh, be, back at your blog, the other shameless McCain. capitalism time, folks. If you'll go to my blog, theothermccain.com, uh, you will notice near the top of the center column a yellow button with the word donate on there. If you will click the yellow button, <laughs> it will take you to my PayPal account where you can contribute dollars or yen or euros or rubles, whatever, currency, shekels, shekels pesos, we take it all, uh, <laughs> folks. Uh, but if you, if you would like to uh, contribute to help support the blog and also support the podcast, uh, you should click the yellow button uh, and uh, donate. And that, the main reason, of course, is that to keep my wife happy. Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. Because my wife likes it when I have money. And so, so, uh, Stacy, my wife was the same way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Money kind of, kind of does it that way. Well, it's, mm-hmm. n- it's nice to be able to, su- to support your family. <laughs> yes, yes. Yes. A happy wife makes a happy life. Exactly. And meanwhile, over at my good friend, John Hogue's blog, hogwash.com. Yes, indeed. In the sidebar, there's a tip jar icon. Click on that. And the whole PayPal thing happens and you can, uh, help support the blog or the podcast, or you can do your shopping uh, with the link to the Hogwash store that's over there in the sidebar, or you can use the various and sundry kinds of shopping links that you'll find at both our blogs related to Amazon. Uh, and great place to do your Christmas shopping, and uh, we get a tiny cut of the action when you use those uh, links. Uh, we're part of the Amazon affiliates program at both our blogs a a really nice thing that amazon does to help support uh, uh, bloggers on the internet but regardless of how you choose to support us please remember the five most important words in the english language hit the freaking tip jar Yes, please. Thank you very much, Diana. Meanwhile, mm-hmm. back in the semi-real world, ha. we we had an interesting occurrence le- yesterday evening. Um, you'll remember the vaccine mandate. Oh, Hard yeah. to forget it. <laughs> well, you know, it was uh, it got uh, 
Well, see, it doesn't apply to me because my blog doesn't employ over a hundred people. Well, it so I, <laughs> well besides, I'm vaccinated. So. Well, it, it does actually. It, it it doesn't apply to me either. But I get uh, roped in by being by working for someone who's got uh, working on a federal contract. He designed space robots, robots for NASA. For NASA. Yes, we and I must have. emphasize that. <laughs> well, and I have a critical design review for uh, what I'm doing uh, this coming week. But anyway, reg regardless, regardless of, of the point is that uh, it got announced in September. Mm -hmm. And then two months later, OSHA comes up with a rule and, of course, immediately gets sued by six jillion and 12 other people uh, Good. Beso besides the state of Texas and a company called BST Holdings. Anyway, oh. uh, the uh, so BST somehow got their name listed first. They probably beat everyone to the courthouse doors. Anyway, uh, last week, you'll remember, I said, hey, the uh, Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals gave the feds until Monday and then uh, the uh, uh, petitioners an another couple of days to uh, explain, uh, you know, well, the feds should explain why the, uh, the, uh, the, the, it's been placed on hold, the uh, mandate, mm -hmm. uh, pending uh, judicial review. And uh, the uh, feds were given over the weekend to uh, explain to the court why the hold <coughs> ought to be terminated. Uh, and <laughs> yesterday evening, uh, the Four Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals uh, said, uh, <coughs> no, we're going to... Uh, grant the motion to uh, continue the hold. And uh, by the way, you're ordered not to take any further steps to implement or enforce the mandate. Uh -huh. So uh, that's kind of an interesting example of how the courts are reacting to the various kinds of overreach we see coming from mm -hmm. the, uh, the current administration. Meanwhile, here's what I view as the money quote. Of course, now I'm not a lawyer. And, and, mm -hmm. and other people are saying, well, this is important. But here's really, I think, the, the thing that tips you off to what's going to happen. The mandate stated impetus, a purported, quote, emergency, unquote, that the entire globe has now endured for nearly two years and which OSHA itself spent nearly two months responding to is unavailing as well. And mm -hmm. its promulgation grossly exceeds OSHA's statutory authority. Yes. <laughs> so, you know, uh, I, I've, I really like the Fifth Circuit. <laughs> They're, I'm beginning to love them, too. <laughs> yeah, if, yeah. Well, but yeah. but uh, it, it, look at how this, though, has been reported in the various mm. news media. Yeah. Well, has the, it been? Uh, well, well, but well, the, yes, with 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 great tears and wailing and gnashing of teeth in places like MSNBC or uh, CNN, CNN. Yeah. Well, you know the thing about the thing about this mandate, it, it is that Biden is doing here uh, mm -hmm. what he has done in other cases, which is namely uh, like what he was doing on the border. Right. Is that pursuing a policy that he knew uh, uh, that the courts would would strike down. OK, mm -hmm. but going as far as he could, as long as he could. What was it? What was the other thing he did that on? I, it, it slipped in my mind here uh, where the court stopped him. 
But in, anyways, the, the lawlessness. That's, that's mm-hmm. the word I've been using, lawlessness. Yeah, the lawlessness mm-hmm. of these people. And they seem to be confident, right? They mm-hmm. seem to be confident. They act as if uh, there's no possibility uh, that of, of backlash here. And, yeah, and right. I'm like, and it, it's astonishing to me, uh, you know, how these people are inside a bubble and the media uh, is absolutely a part of this. If, uh, if you mm-hmm. would turn over, if you could stand it, uh, to watch a couple of hours of CNN or a <laughs> couple of hours of MSNBC, and I do this regularly, um, and, and just it's like, holy crap. You know, mm-hmm. it's not just what they're talking about. And the way they're talking about it, it's all the things they ignore. And uh, I had a post this week called CNN, Failure, Denial, and Nostalgia. I saw that good uh, article. Yeah, and and um, uh, John Nolte uh, had a good post this week over at Breitbart.com uh, talking about how the the... the they're running these fake polls uh, that are that they're just jerry rigging together uh, something to try to pretend uh, that that the Biden administration is not failing. Okay, it it Uh is about justifying denial. Uh, And Ace of Spades had a had a, a, a post where he was dancing all over their ratings failure. It's become laughable. Uh, They're uh, as I say, there are teenagers on TikTok with bigger audiences than CNN. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyways, but uh, did I mention that Brian Stelter, okay, and you know, who Tater, is a potato. Yes, Mr. Potato Head <laughs> uh, has lower ratings than reruns of Paw Patrol. <laughs> <laughs> you you're, you're I, being a grandfather I know what Paw Patrol is. Paw Patrol is my my They were trying to cancel it just last year it, because it oh, was oh, not because woke. Oh, the police. Yeah, I know because they're <laughs> Yeah, they're heroic police, little doggy police and everything. Well, anyways. Well, anyway, at the end of the first quarter and I mean literally at the end of the first quarter, it's Kentucky 7 Vanderbilt 3. Oh, a close fought game up there in uh where are they playing at Kentucky or I believe so. Yeah. Oh, well, wow. anyways, okay, so so that's the important breaking news update. Meanwhile, <laughs> back at CNN. Uh well, certainly was, more important than CNN. <laughs> yeah, I was almost watching, anything is, yeah. <laughs> it was one of those days when I decided to watch CNN so you don't have to. Their big story was that Nancy Pelosi's special January 6th select committee had issued <sighs> subpoenas to 10 former Trump administration officials. And obvious question, who cares, right? This yeah. is all about turning the January 6th insurrection 
right, into a story narrative that's going to be making headlines all the way to the midterm elections next year. That's what it's about. They think that they're going to do with January 6th, you know, a day that will live in infamy. What they're going to do is try to make this the new Russian collusion hoax. Okay. Yeah, they, but they, they think people don't remember how that worked out. <laughs> right, right, right. But well, actually, yes, they, they that's exactly what they think. Right. It, or, well, let me let me rephrase that. That's what they believe. I don't know that there was much thought involved. We wake I, up in a new universe every five minutes. Okay, got it. Yeah, and and so and so this idea, as I said, insurrection now, insurrection tomorrow, insurrection forever. <laughs> well, that, that was a Democrat who said that. Yeah, yeah, it I, was I, a Democrat I, who said that, yeah. yeah I, so. you, you kids may not remember Governor Wallace. Uh, I do. But, I remember I was actually I was actually watching for no good reason. Probably I was sick at the time or something, but I was sitting and I saw him get shot when he was oh, running Maryland. for president in Maryland. Yeah. 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 That was, uh, uh, and that guy that guy was, uh, uh, I guess, he proto Antifa. Uh, <laughs> you might call him the guy that shot him. But, but you know, <laughs> the thing is, is that. Uh, why are we surprised that the Democrats are doing this kind of disruptive stuff? I mean, at least they haven't taken a shot at Fort Sumter again yet. <laughs> oh, not yet. But they've they've got people stuck in solitary confinement for trespassing, and this is insane. Oh, oh, yeah, it, well, it well, is. But, but they do, well, but see, the thing is, is that they do have though the people stirring stuff up. Uh, to to cause the kind of, of, of problems where, you know, uh, they may just, uh, one of these days, somebody uh, uh, will do something and they'll be, be able to claim, well, you hit me back. Yeah, there <laughs> are these, there are these uh, you know, and it is crazy. If, it, you're, if you watch their coverage, you know, knowing what you know, because you don't rely on them for the, you know, you watch, you know, you get your uh, news from uh, alternative sources uh, mm -hmm. that, to that the are greatest extent possible. I watch what's going on live to the right. greatest and, extent possible. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, and one of the reasons that I, by the way, I, you know, you know, I've been in the news business since 1986. And one of the reasons that I switch over is because after a while, Right. I get tired of Fox News. You know, Fox News has their orders from headquarters, just like any <laughs> network. OK. And they and and so sometimes hour after hour, it's the same. You know, if you it's got, the you same know, set my, of stories. Right. I have my office TV, uh, you know, on there and I, you know, and I keep it at such a volume that I can kind of hear it off to my right without it distracting from my writing. Mm -hmm. uh, and. And so, and so the way it works is that, you know, sometimes I'll just kind of look over. If I hear something that's being said, I'll look over to see what's happening, but I don't really watch it. Okay. Mm -hmm. But after a while, this just the same drumbeat of the same stories hours after hours, it starts, you know, it'll drive you crazy. So, mm -hmm. okay, I'll turn over to CNN and let that drive me crazy. But at <laughs> least I'm outside my own bubble. Right. Mm -hmm. I'm seeing how 
Democrats see the world. They don't realize they're in a bubble. They don't realize they're inside an echo chamber and they don't realize how crazy the things that they're talking about, the things that Democrats are doing, look to people who can step back from it a bit and say, wait, what the, what in the tarnation is going (laughs) on here? Well, you know, uh, it was fun watching his expression change. He's looking for words. But what? Uh, watching your expression changes, you were looking for words there. But anyway, <laughs> it could be worse. You could have been indicted for failing to respond to a subpoena. Yeah, you know, it, it, <sighs> speaking of which, yes, uh, because see, here's something that uh, uh, if you're. If I mean, you, it's not like we don't know about how to respond to a subpoena. Uh, right, subpoenaed I've been before. there before, yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, but but I have to tell you is that we are uh, uh, John and I are, are very well acquainted uh, with uh, some of the people who were uh, central to the events of January sixth. Like we've been co-defendants mm-hmm. with one of them. Uh, yeah, and and uh, we interviewed uh, one of the Proud Boys, yes. uh, the president of the Proud Boys at CPAC. So not so, the so, one who's the uh, FBI informant, right? Yeah. Well, it turns out, yeah, 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 yeah. Torres, <laughs> that guy. Uh, Good but, gosh. Yeah, uh, uh, Torres and Enrique. Enrique. Yeah. So, anyways, and so, so, anyways, and I had no idea. Uh, but, anyways, but, but, uh, Steve Bannon was has been indicted by Nancy mm-hmm. Pelosi's uh, January. And 6th. I've been a co-defendant with him too. <laughs> and, and then one of the other things in the man, Breitbart. Yeah. So, after 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 one of the things that you got left out on. Oh, okay. That's yeah, yeah. You, they're, you they're, scared you scared Kimberly too much after. The, uh, <laughs> But anyways, but 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 you know when they say, you know, the the this could happen to you, okay? Mm-hmm. I'm close enough to some of these people that I'm like, wow, you know, because I've mm-hmm. interviewed Bannon. Bannon's interviewed me. Uh, uh, one of the things on my YouTube channel uh, that that sometimes it spikes up, you know, the the visitors, and I get I get notifications of comments and stuff. I interviewed him in 2011 when he was mm-hmm. promoting this uh, movie called The Undefeated. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, but I've known him, you know, for ten years at least. And uh, at Hell's Bells at the 2016 convention, I was in Breitbart's uh, hotel suite mm-hmm. uh, on the night that uh, Trump gave his acceptance speech. So, so you know, I'm, I'm, you know, well, I'm, I'm very close. Okay. So, anyways, uh, he got indicted, and the question is, what did he get indicted for? Well, defying a subpoena. Mm-hmm quote unquote. Um, and, and and so it's contempt of Congress and, and brace mm-hmm. yourself. If convicted, Bannon faces between 30 days and one year in prison and up to a $1,000 fine. <laughs> and I'm thinking <laughs> Bannon. Yeah. You just like, you know, find that on your sofa, you know, the you know, <laughs> a thousand bucks, you know, well, I mean, it's here. like, Oh, scare me to death. 30 days in jail and a thousand dollar fine. Oh, you scare me, Nancy Pelosi. Well, yeah, but the year might uh, 
be a little the year bad. would be bad yeah, but i don't yeah, think but that'll the, but happen the, but well, the point is yes let's see the thing is he's going to get a dc jury Merrick um. Garland announced this thing, and Merrick Garland, boy, I'm glad if if, if there's anything we dodged Mitch, a bullet. We, yeah, Mitch McConnell, thank you, Cocaine Mitch, for keeping this. Thank guy you, Murder this. Turtle. Thank yeah. you, Murder yeah. Turtle, forever. <laughs> yeah, for keeping Merrick Garland off the uh, Supreme Court, but but this idea that he's upholding, and he, as he says, the rule of law. Right. The rule of law, you're subpoenaing a guy for a congressional investigation into what? That's the question. What is it that they are investigating? And that's and if there is the FBI has already investigated this. There are over 600 people have been charged. Most of them with misdemeanors, but that's okay. But over, but there's no scandal at the heart of this investigation. The idea that if you believe that the election was stolen, and certainly mm. you know Trump and many of associates believe that there was shenanigans, and shenanigans. polls will show you know this idea, you know that seventy percent of Republican voters really mm -hmm. uh, think that there was cheating that affected the outcome of the 2020 elections. Mm -hmm. We know this. And, and so the idea that they were trying to find some way, right, to prevent Biden's inauguration. Well, yes. Okay. I, you know, and I wrote about this. There's, a, you know, there was no way to stop it. I, I mean, the, the Constitution just doesn't provide any way to contest Mm -hmm. uh, electoral results. You go back to uh, uh, 1876, for example. Uh, mm -hmm. when, you know the uh, what did they call it? Uh, there's there was a word for it, and I can't remember Blaine what it was. Hayes. Huh? Blaine and Hayes. Yeah, yeah, but but the yeah, but what happened? The 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 way the Democrats, uh, uh, you know, essentially allowed. Um, uh, the Republicans to, to you know, it, it, there were contested slates of electors and all this type of stuff, and mm -hmm. so the there was a rotten what, what, what was it called? I can't remember. There's something, the corrupt bargain, I think, is what they called. Uh, it. There, uh, there were many of those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the idea that the Republicans can have the White House in return for ending. Uh, Reconstruction. Ending reconstruction. reconstruction. And that was yeah. the deal that came out of the 1876 election. So mm -hmm. so the idea that there can be a contested election and there's no good way to solve that problem, certainly not in the time frame elected. If you go back to Al Gore uh, versus mm -hmm. whoever that was, the, the uh, Bush v. Gore lawsuit of 2000. Mm -hmm. That all had to go down before the uh, Florida electors were certified. Right. There is what they call a window uh, within which an election has to be determined. And there was just mm -hmm. no way to do that. And so, you know, we have to live with the consequences of this. And I and I'm I'm well, not crazy. Well, but look at the but you have mm -hmm. to look at the politicized Justice Department and other parts of the thing. On the other hand, as bad as Merrick Garland is, mm -hmm. 
He's uh-huh. not as bad as MSNBC. Well, he's not as oh, bad. Oh, Lord, no. He's not as bad as some lawyers. I had a post cool. called, called Binger vis-a-vis Kimberlin. Oh, Lord. Now, I have, for the most part, been stepping back from the Rittenhouse thing because I just didn't want to uh, uh, get involved in something because it's still in front of the jury and all bets are off until the jury uh, decides something. Uh, well, we'll lo- be talking about it next week for sure. <laughs> Most likely, but a lawyer friend of mine, Aaron Walker, guy who called while we were on uh, just now, uh, Aaron, uh, who is a, a lawyer friend of mine and who's also been one of our co-defendants and what we've been talking about, uh, mm-hmm. Uh, wrote me and said, I owe Brett Kimberlin an apology. <laughs> I said that he was the most incompetent litigator I had ever seen and that no lawyer could ever handle an examination of a witness as poorly as Kimberlin did for that, uh, for, uh, in our in, trial, in our, in our, as Kimberlin did in our tr- trial. I retract that statement. <laughs> yeah, well, Binger and Krauss both hold my beer. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, what they're talking about, of course, oh. is that in the, the cross-examine of the state's witness, okay, these are the prosecution witnesses, and the prosecution witnesses just basically made the case for the, they were the best witnesses for the He defense. didn't shoot me until after I pointed my gun at him. <laughs> right, mm-hmm. right, right. And charged. <laughs> well, yes. but, I mean, here, here's, here's the thing. The, 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 the one other comment that I have had uh, went up yesterday. Uh, it was something I overheard around the morning coffee pot. Charge our binger. <laughs> yeah. Why does he look like, yeah, he does look like Jar Jar Binks, but, but, um, well, but, but, the, uh, the, uh, his sidekick is a hut. We just, he's just not uh, as far up the food chain as Java. Uh, anyways, it, it, but, but to continue this theme of the media and me watching mm. alternative channels and dishonesty. Yeah. I it, was dishonesty. Watching, yeah. Yeah. I was watching MSNBC. <laughs> And I was struck by the fact that nowhere in their commentary did they mention that Joseph, Jojo Rosenbaum, was a convicted child rapist who had just been released from a psychiatric ward. And we'll get to mm-hmm. him uh, uh, in yeah. greater detail at the end of the hour. But, but the mm-hmm. way that this case is being presented oh. and, and what they're doing, and, and, and you should have seen it Friday, uh, and like I said, I keep watching these channels so you don't have to. But on MSNBC, their panels were in a very hand-wringing mode mm-hmm. as, as they attempted to let their audiences down easy uh, and, and, and kind of foreshadow the fact that, that Kyle Rittenhouse is likely to walk. Now, mm-hmm. Well, or at least a hung jury for this. Yeah, and, well, and I have... I have to say is that based on what I've seen, I think we're going to get a hung jury because there are probably going to be at least two or three jurors who can't accept the idea that Kyle Wittenhouse would just walk scot-free. Okay. Well, let me put it this way. I have been uh, listening to the trial. I have been listening to the live stream for most of the last two weeks. And all I can say is that the jury 
um, if I'm the jury, um, I'm probably really sick of Binger and Krauss insulting my intelligence. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, the thing is, is that you would know more about this case, okay, from reading my blog last mm -hmm. year when this all went down. You would know more from my blog about this case than you're getting from MSN. Oh, God, yes. and but, CNN. But, but, but her comment about uh, the uh, state's uh, lawyers is, is true. <sighs> when uh, they had one of their expert witnesses on, uh, they kept going on and on and on about stuff. And someone who's in the courtroom wrote, for the first 15 or 20 minutes, the jurors were taking notes and paying attention. And after the second hour, they their eyes had glazed over. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it, it's just exactly that sort of thing. On the other hand, I like the judge. <laughs> I, I like, uh, and, and, and it's, it's, it's not like he is bending over backwards for the defense or anything. No. But, he, but for example, you know, well, you know, uh, the, the, the uh, prosecutors will say, well, the defense needs to prove, and the judge will say, hold it. No, you're the one who wants to introduce no. <laughs> this. You, you have the burden to authenticate it. And, you know, yep. it's, it's, it's that kind of, uh, it, 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 you know, I mean, just I'm not a lawyer, and I know enough of, about a procedure from my experience uh, to, to uh -huh. if you want to introduce evidence, you have to prove that it's authenticated. Oh, um, yeah. On the other hand, I, I love the judge. There's some people who don't like him. Oh, and yeah. Tara, Tara Dublin, who is a, one of the nice blue checks <laughs> on the Twitters, um, had a, a, a tweet saying, Illinois State House removed Judge Bruce Schrader from his seat. Sign the petition. Uh, he's in uh, Wisconsin. <laughs> Well, yeah, but uh, yeah, it, 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 there are so many things that are wrong about this story. And, and this is a case where the prosecution only happened because the media had whipped up this fury. You know, they had, mm -hmm. they had whipped the, the, the mob into the, anyone could look at the evidence in the case and say in each individual instance, OK, uh, Kyle Rittenhouse was justified as self-defense. OK, mm -hmm. there was there at any point, you know, and it's common sense. OK, mm -hmm. here's the thing. If you see a man with a gun, OK, <laughs> I OK, I and see a man with a gun. Are you going to attack the man with the gun? And if so, oh, what do you no. think is going to happen? I think I better have the drop on him. <laughs> yeah, but, mm, no, you know that I'm, I'm speaking. I'm speaking from personal experience of having as a gunfight survivor. Mm -hmm. But but you know, uh, speaking and and my experience as a gunfight survivor comes from my military experience. And I saw an interesting uh, tweet from uh, someone who's a major in the uh, National Guard as a military police officer, uh, mm. officer in the military police corps. Uh, and uh, the comment was, with no evidence, MSN and Antifa-loving politicians immediately labeled Rittenhouse a white supremacist terrorist. Uh -huh. It's obvious now that he is just a foolish kid who felt he needed to protect people 
and the community from rioters and arsonists because the government failed to do so. Yeah. That, w- that was a tweet by Tulsi Gabbard, who I... <laughs> I know, made- the last sane Democrat. <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah, uh, I, I, you've just got a crush on her. Why don't you admit it, John? No. She is pretty. <laughs> <laughs> yes, she 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 does she does she does make the cut on rule five. I'll give her that. <laughs> that she does. But um, uh, she has she has other things that are, aren't necessarily uh, uh, things that I find particularly interesting. Uh, uh, so you know, but she does strike me as the last sane Democrat, and that, I'm including Semina and Mansion in that because she's had enough sense at least to to move off the the stage and not get involved in the current failure. Sanity Uh, is sanity is a valuable commodity. Well, the shortage of which. Yes. Uh, Basically you had a tweet up. uh, Me? No, not me. Yes. You're talking about the tree. No. Anyway, uh, (laughs) about an MSNBC, you you talked about a stunning video that you saw on MSNBC. Yeah, I, I I have to say that that uh, what, like I said, if you watch MSNBC, you understand why Democrats are so out of it. Okay, because they're living in an alternative reality. MSNBC announcer described the stunning video uh, show, and they had new video during the trial that showed Rittenhouse <laughs> shooting JoJo Rosenbaum without mentioning that Rosenbaum was a child molester who had just been released from the psych ward that morning. Mm -hmm. Okay. They continued discussing his testimony. Okay. And they just released from the psych ward. Yes. Yes. Do you think that meant, Never mind. But aren't we getting to the point where crazy people? Yes. Crazy Uh, people are dangerous. Oh, well, that includes the media. Doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I, I keep saying this, okay, is that mm-hmm. is that Rosenbaum served more than ten years in prison. And you would have known this a year ago if you'd been reading Which, my book. Which by the way means he's a uh, prohibited person from possessing a firearm and he's pointing a Glock at Rittenhouse. No, no, no. Uh, no that was Gage Grosskreutz. Rosenbaum served more than ten years in an Arizona prison for raping little boys and had just that morning been released from a psych ward. Okay. Now this is important. Okay. Because if you know who Rosenbaum is, and they can't tell the jury this because it's not directly relevant to uh, the defendant's uh, guilt or innocence. Uh, If you know this, you, you realize that the system failed. Okay, mm-hmm. a Rosenbaum still would have been behind bars. Okay, Rosenbaum was a menace to society quite generally, not just mm-hmm. during a riot, but anywhere else at any time. And that would seem to me highly relevant to him getting shot. But if you're watching MSNBC, you know nothing yep. about these people. Okay, that that got shot, but uh, mm-hmm. but as I keep saying, this just go to prove that crazy people are dangerous. Yep, they are. And uh, they are. And I hear the boogie woogie in the background that tells me that we are nearing the end of our hour here on 
the other podcast with and we will return not next saturday but nope. no no it is next, next, saturday. next saturday but we're going to take thanksgiving weekend off uh, okay but okay. anyways next saturday At- seven o'clock eastern we'll be back live with the other podcast but we will be taking christmas weekend off but we'll be here for new year's we'll see you later Woo-hoo! <laughs> good night <laughs> well,